the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled A Year for Grace. Now, we hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. Remember, you can always listen to this message again in its entirety at reachingyourheart.com. The reason I mentioned that is that we were only able to bring you the first portion yesterday. Due to our time constraints, we will conclude that message here today. So let's get underway with A Year for Grace. The conclusion, here's Pastor Mike. How many of you here like to be really free? Raise your hand. Okay. Like to be really free? Have you ever tried to be free? Well, good. I'm glad you have. You can't succeed by just trying to be free. When you're lost, freedom is being found. When you don't know how to be free, freedom is a gift. For freedom, Christ has set you free, the Apostle Paul says. It's God's action for you. It's not your effort to achieve. It comes by faith and by will in that you receive that which God alone can do for you. That's why it's good news, because it comes with Jesus. Christ came to set the captives free. The Holy Spirit sent Jesus to the synagogue of Nazareth to set the captives free right there in the synagogue because it had become a synagogue of Satan. In Luke 4.18, Jesus said, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. The Hebrew behind the Greek translation says, He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the word for liberty in Isaiah 1.1 in the Hebrew is deror. It's a very special word. In Exodus 23.30, it's used to describe liquid myrrh. It means a free-flowing substance, a free-flowing substance so that you can move forward with freedom, so that you're uninhibited in life. It's used in Leviticus 25.10 for the great year of Jubilee when God declared that slaves were no longer slaves, they were free. The Bible says, And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. When each of you shall return to his property, and each of you shall return to his family. It was the freedom that freed the slaves and sent them home. It was the freedom that came after a long wait of 50 years when life was almost over. And when God set you free, that's when your life began all over again. It came when freedom is sweet and the time is right to be free. Friend, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Do you believe that this morning? For freedom, Christ has set you free. We're going to do a little exercise here. I'd like you to pause. I'd like you to raise your right hand. And I want you to shout with me, would you? Freedom. 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 Now, I want you to add a little something to it. In Jesus because that's how it comes. It doesn't come any other way. And it is freely given to us. The good news is for the poor and the captives. It's for people who feel overtaken by circumstances they can't control, taxation or 
work situations, or health problems. It is in Jesus that the soul is set free. The daror, the biblical word for freedom used here, is also translated in Psalms 84.4 as a bird. It's the word for a bird. Isaiah 84 verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at thy altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. The word for swallow is deror, and it means freedom as we have learned. Jesus came to set you free, and God sent him to make you free. For a freedom Christ has set you free. But it's not an ordinary kind of freedom. You see, with Jesus, you're free as a bird. Free as a bird, you can soar in life. You can fly because there's the wind of the Holy Spirit beneath your wings. It's no accident when Christ was baptized that the Holy Spirit came down like a bird because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In the gospel, God does not manipulate his children to make them free. He doesn't force you to do that which is right. Now, there is law in God's order. No doubt about it. The covenant itself is law. But we are free to obey. That's why God cannot use force to motivate you to be free. He cannot make you take the necessary steps to be baptized. It must be your choice to do that. The good news is the truth. And the truth is the only weapon God has against Satan and his lies. Friend, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of freedom. Jesus came to set you free from guilt, from sin, from poor self-esteem, from condemnation, from your own failure, And from anything else that brings you down in life, he came to set you free from the lies that paint God as some tyrant that wants blood out of you on the judgment day. Jesus came to show that grace is in Christ, that he has come as the very face of God. And God was on that cross in Christ, forgiving you, reconciling you, not counting your sins against you. For freedom, Christ has set you free. In Luke 4.18, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit has sent me for the recovering of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's Christ's mission in life. It is to make sure you make it and that you are free. He said, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. There's a deep psychological truth in this verse that we must not pass over so quickly. It is a fact that blindness and captivity are really the same thing. If you are blind to God's word and truth, you're really a captive to the devil. Freedom is an idea of sorts. And if you're blind to freedom, you're really a captive to the blindness that prevents you from being free. What's the difference between a rich man and a poor man? I asked that question today. What's the difference? Well, you say, well, the money in his bank account. How many of you think that's the difference between a rich man and a poor man? How much money a person has? It's not the money in the bank account. Because a rich man can lose everything he has. If he knew how to create those riches, what makes a rich man rich are the ideas in his head. He knows the secrets to wealth creation. And you can take away his riches. They will come back if he applies those ideas that are in his mind. What makes a rich man rich is what's inside his head. The same is true of freedom. You see, it's not what people do to you. It's not what happens in your life that makes you free. It's what's inside your head. If you have Christ, if you know and you believe that Christ died for you and that God has forgiven you in Jesus, you are free. Free to live for God, to obey God, 
to do his will, not to prove something to him, but because of what he has proved to you, grace has come to you. Jesus came to open the eyes of the mind and the heart to see God's grace, to see him as really is. Friend, the good news is the truth, the truth that comes from God, that is about God, that is true in the heart of Jesus. And Jesus said it in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 14, 6, he said, I am the truth. Grace is not an idea. Grace is a person. The gospel is not a laundry list of do's and don'ts. I've said that before. It's not a new law that replaces an older law. The gospel is the good news that is Jesus. You know, you can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take all the accolades of life, but give me Jesus. The kingdom with Jesus in it is worth everything this world has to offer, being thrown upon the trash heap of history to attain one minute with him. That's why the Pharisees couldn't handle Jesus' kind of truth, because it was about him. In John 8, 35 and 36, Jesus said this, The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. You see, it's possible to serve God in the church. It's possible to be active in ministry. It's possible to save the world and to be rotten on the inside. It's possible to be more lost than the lost you're trying to save. The man or woman who serves God because he is a master instead of a father, that person is still a slave. You and I, we were not born free in this world. But in Jesus, we were born anew to know God as our father. The Bible describes the children of this world as children of wrath because they do not know God. In Jesus, you are not a son or daughter of wrath. In Ephesians 2, 3, Paul puts it very plainly. He says, so we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, now I like that but, it just changes everything. But God, this is the way we used to be, but God. And look what it says next, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead through our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And one of the great statements in Scripture, by grace you have been saved. He's talking about your past. He's talking about what happened at the cross of Calvary that becomes yours by faith if you receive Jesus. God has delivered the human race in Jesus. Verse 6, he has raised us up with him and has made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You don't have a future without Jesus. With Jesus, you are at the right hand of God because God has taken you in Christ into his very throne room. Why? Verse 7, that in the coming ages, verse 7, in the coming ages, he, God, might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us. How? What does the text say? How? In Christ Jesus. You don't get it any other way. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. It takes the Son of God to make you free. If you belong to the Son, you belong to the Father, and you are free. You have the special privileges of the Son, and you are treated just like the Son of God as far as the Father is concerned. I mean, when he looks at your sin-stained past, when he looks at all the ways you let him down, and he sees you in Jesus, do you know what he sees? He sees a perfect son or daughter of God because he sees you through the filter of the righteousness of his Son. 
The full acceptance of the family relationship is yours. And you don't have to second guess your status in the family of God anymore. These people in the church, and they exist. These people in the church who scowl you down. And they act like they're holy and they just give you that evil eye. That's because they're evil. <laughs> That's right. And you just got to say it like it is. They're evil when they do that. I mean, they look pious, but they're still evil. They scale you down because they're holy. They're righteous. They don't make mistakes. They've never sinned. And they're quick to tell you how you have or how they think you have. And they scale you down to make themselves look good. They have no power over you in Jesus. The fact they're in church, thank goodness they're in church. Maybe they'll be saved by listening to the gospel. If you're a son or daughter of Jesus in baptism, you know, when you're baptized into Christ, all the benefits of the relationship with God is yours by faith. You are free and you're an heir of the kingdom of grace. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Friend, God gave us Jesus, so you don't need to guess that anymore that you're forgiven. If you have Christ, you have forgiveness. Sin is the stuff that makes a person a slave on the inside. The problem with sin is this. Once you've sinned, the law says you have to die for that one sin. That's pretty bad, isn't it? So trying hard to fix that one sin doesn't make it any better. You deserve to die. Christ has set you free from the condemnation of the law because Jesus suffered its full penalty in your place as you at the cross of Calvary. God didn't destroy the law to set you free. He's not antinomian. When preachers preach that God destroyed his law at the cross of Calvary, they are not Bible preachers. You know what they are? I'll tell you what they are. They're a rebel. They're in rebellion against the constitution of the universe, the law of God. God saved you in such a way that he did not have to set aside his law because he took the full consequences of the breaking of the law and he funneled it into his own son, Jesus, who lived through every human life from Gethsemane to the cross of Calvary so that nothing you have ever done did not escape the horror of the judgment on sin from Gethsemane to the cross. And when it was over, there was nothing left to condemn. God absorbed the curse into himself. God put himself on that cross to set you free. And he took you off the cross. Do you realize that in Jesus, there's nothing left to condemn anymore? And the key word is in Jesus. In Jesus. All of your sin and all of your guilt was condemned in Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. If you have faith in Jesus and you cling to that cross every day for the rest of your life, if you claim him as your savior and you submit your will to him, these are the conditions of salvation. That's what it is. God's verdict in the resurrection morning is not guilty for you. But more profoundly, God's verdict today is not guilty for you. But if you do not submit to Jesus, if you say, well, I'm going to hold out. I want the king of the world and Jesus. doesn't work that way. If you, by faith, get on your knees and say, I belong to Jesus, I choose him. Yes, I know my life is rotten in the past. Yes, I know the mistakes I've made. Maybe I don't know them all. But I ask you to be Lord of my life, to forgive me. At that very profound moment in your life, you are declared not guilty in Jesus. The moral law of God is the law of sin and death that condemned our sins in the person of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. The same moral law... The same Ten Commandment law that allowed Christ to go to that cross and die for you 
On resurrection morning is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that Paul speaks about in Romans 8. The same law that found us guilty in Jesus on Friday said not guilty in Jesus on Sunday morning. We were guilty on Friday because we had committed all the sins that we have and all the sins of the world. Jesus hung on that cross because of those sins. And it was the law of sin and death that put him there. But the same law found him not guilty on Sunday morning because Jesus never sinned. He was the sinless one. And it is very much against the law of God to leave a righteous man in the grave. You cannot keep a person in the grave who never sinned. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus never sinned. And the law of God required his resurrection on Sunday morning. And what does that mean to the captive who needs grace? It means that if you are in Jesus... You have made the journey from condemnation to acceptance. You have made the journey from your judgment that you deserve. He died for you so that in the resurrection, God's acceptance that you do not deserve is freely given to you by grace through faith. So what's the outcome of that? Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are, now notice the key phrase, in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The most profound thing in your life is to be in Christ by faith. You have all the benefits of grace by that simple connection. Friend, Christ's death was not his death. It was your death. Christ's life was not your life in the resurrection. It was his life. If you are in Christ by faith, You have the life of Christ because you have Christ. Jesus is grace, the good news. The spirit of life in Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Think about it. Free from condemnation, what does that mean? Boy, condemnation is a powerful force in the life. Freedom from it means it doesn't matter anymore. Free to live a life with joy, not to prove something to God, but because God has proved something to you. Both God's condemnation and your condemnation meet at the cross. It's an amazing thing. Freedom to come home to God and be at home with God without fear of the fact that you have sinned against God because God has dealt with that in Jesus. Free as a bird to leave the jail cell of fear far behind. Free to obey without the fear of failure anymore. Free to love God without the fear that one sin will keep you out of his kingdom. Free to love God as a son or daughter of God instead of serving him as a slave. And free to know the truth that makes blind eyes see and captive souls free. Friend, Jesus didn't come to make you more religious. Did you hear me? Christ didn't come to make you more religious. Christ came to make you free. If the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. For freedom, Christ has set you free. Now, how do you get free? That's the most profound question of the morning. It doesn't happen on your feet. It really happens on your knees. It doesn't happen in your seat. It happens at the altar. It happens when you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus died for you and that God raised Jesus from the dead for you and that you can be forgiven through his blood in his name. You are set free. The outcome, Romans 5.1. Therefore, I like the big therefore, therefore, Since we, how does the text read? Are justified by faith. Now what does the word justified mean? It means not guilty. 
It means accepted. It means okay. It means all right with God. Since we are justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, this is the apostolic gospel. This is the most important truth for your life. It's why we come to church, to get this and give it to others. The gospel promise in Isaiah 61 is the promise that God's people will inherit the land. In the Jubilee, God's people will be set free to go home to the land. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. An unknown author once wrote, No one is free when others are oppressed. Oppression is a kind of captivity that stings because it's unjust. Christ came to defeat the oppressor in your life and to set the captive free. The good news is more than information about salvation. The gospel is power to defeat evil in your life and right wrongs with grace. Jesus came with the power of grace. Jesus ended his words by saying that he came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Because of the gospel, it's time to receive Jesus and be free. It's not okay to let things continue as they have in your life. You must change. There must be a new beginning. There must be an acceptable year in your life. It's time to come home to God, to enter the good land that is God's land. Luke 4.20. And he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Friend, you don't have to wait to the end of your life to have favor with God. Today is the day of the Lord's favor. This is the year that is the acceptable year for the Lord in your life. By faith in Jesus Christ, your life need not be the same again. It happened over five years ago on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve was only a few days ago this year. It was the end of that year, looking for a new year. She came to the hospital in Colorado Springs with the hope of life, but it turned sour in her husband's mouth and for her family. It was hard labor for her. Something didn't want to let her live that day. Tracy Herman Storfer tried with all the life she had in her to deliver her baby. Her husband, Mike, stood right there with her trying to support her with every ounce of his strength, you know, doing the good thing, the right roles. But it didn't work. He held her hand and watched her heart stop. That's what happened on Christmas Eve. And then he felt her life slip away. Her heart stopped beating. That's not supposed to happen. No blood pressure, no breath, no sign of life. His wife was dead. He didn't come for that. He came for life. Instead, he found this. And before his son was born, he watched his wife die on Christmas Eve right there in the delivery room, and he was broken. And when the baby came, this is supposed to be the consolation of tragedy. But it was more death. The baby was dead too. A lifeless baby came from a lifeless mother on Christmas Eve. And after he held the limp and lifeless body of his little boy in his arms, as he let go of the hand of his wife, the miracle happened all at once. Double death was dealt him that day. A double dose of God's wrath, it seemed hard to receive. It was Christmas Eve and the hand of God was heavy on his heart. And then it happened. No one knows how it happened. It did happen. The lifeless baby came to life. 
as the doctors worked feverishly to revive it. Somehow it did. And then Mike learned that his wife came to life and revived just like that. No one knows how it happened, but it did. It was a miracle. The Associated Press carried the story with this headline, Hand of God, seen in Christmas Eve revival of mother and baby. Mike described it this way. He said, it was the hand of God. My legs went out from underneath me. I had everything in the world taken from me. And in an hour and a half, I had everything given to me. Dear heart, when all your efforts fail, when all your plans collapse, when all your resolutions are like ropes of sand, when every dream is no longer a dream but a nightmare, and every friend forsakes you, it seems, and every effort to change does not matter, when everything in the world is taken from you, Jesus is God's gift of grace that gives you life abundantly. Today, in a moment that can change your life today, in Jesus, this year is the year of the Lord's favor. Thanks for listening today to A Year for Grace. That will conclude this broadcast. We so appreciate you listening. Remember that you can always go online to reachingyourheart.com to listen to this entire message without interruption. That's reachingyourheart.com, where you can send your contribution to Reaching Hearts International, 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Keep that address in mind. That is also the address for the worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock. And we hope to see you this Saturday. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, please also know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.